Security 101, Jeff Heimberger, and Sean Stoffer. All right, so just introducing myself, I'm the IT and Security Director for Ohio Ministry Network. Um, I also do security and IT for Heartland Conference Retreat Center, if you've been up there. Um, it's a conference uh, and retreat center about 20 minutes north of Columbus. Um, house about nine, 700 to 900 people uh, at that facility. Um, and we have Wi-Fi systems and all kinds of security out there as well. As you can tell, for a 400-acre campground, the security is quite an interesting task. Um, but uh, Jeff Heimberger, IT and Security Director, and then we have Sean uh, with One Church. So he's the lead uh, security team member at One Church. Um, Greg Ford's the lead pastor there. So uh, this session is really a, we wanted to be 101 high-level, right, overview. Um, and if you remember nothing else, one thing to remember is, do you have a plan? So I'm going to be saying that. Sean's going to be saying that. Um, if you have a guy at church that has a gun, that's great. Make sure you get down, sit down with him, write, write down a plan. Have something on paper. Because especially this, this day and age, somebody's going to come up to you and say, hey, what's, what's this church do for security? And you want to be able to say, you know, we have a plan. So that's the number one thing that I want you to remember. Um, I'm going to hand this uh, recorder over to Sean, and he's going to kind of get started in the physical security side, and then I'm going to come up later and talk about uh, cybersecurity kind of toward the end. We want it to be the bulk of this presentation is that physical security aspect. So feel free to ask questions as well. We're going to give time to ask questions, but... If you have something right away and you're like, man, this will be good for the group, go ahead and raise your hand and interrupt. Yeah, please do. Again, my name is Sean Stauffer, One Church in Gahanna, if you guys are familiar with the area, so not too far from here. But yeah, if you do have any questions, just blur them out right away. Okay. So we get this hooked up here. If I see some head nodding or some eyes closing, I'll... I always say when I fall asleep during trainings at work <laughs> and my superiors tend to yell at me I tell them I'm praying and then they don't say anything so. um, again so this is church security 101 thwarting the schemes um, of the enemy uh, th there's my name there I'll have some contact information if you would ever have any questions or want to get a hold of me or anything um, based after this presentation so a little bit about myself I'm actually the safety director uh, for one church um, it's a fairly large church. We have a fairly large team, which I'll go into depth how we do. It's usually about 50-plus members. Um, I started off kind of low there, just, just serving right on the security team, just with my background, and then kind of just like everything else, in how I am, um, just two feet into everything I do, I just quickly got moved up. They kept asking me for more and more responsibilities. So that's what I serve as. Um, I'm also a career firefighter. I work for the city of Whitehall uh, Division of Fire, which is located here in uh, Columbus. Um, I've been in the fire service about almost 23 years, so pretty much right out of high school. Uh, wanted to do it ever since I was a little kid. Runs in the family. So just, again, serve mentality. A lot of stuff I do here, I'll, I'll keep echoing on that. Uh, I serve for the uh, state of Ohio on a peer support team. Uh, which we, we even go out of state and uh, stuff like that. Actually, we were just up at Michigan State University dealing with, you know, they had that shooting shooting up there up at Michigan State. Um, so also, I uh, on the side, I own a CrossFit gym. I'm really into fitness. Uh, it's located on the east side of Columbus, too, CrossFit Future. We do a lot of different things there. And uh, I'm really into mustaches, if you couldn't tell. So um, I actually just 
I'm actually a champion, so all of last year, which was good. And I got to, uh, along some of my stuff, seed Christ in people, and a lot of my message and stuff and social media is uh, my faith and, and stuff like that. And my, my mustache has a special meaning, too. It's, it's pretty dear to me. So, uh, And then, most importantly, I'm a child of God. So I put that verse there. That's my favorite verse, Jeremiah 29. I wear it on my wrist. Got it t- I mean, I'm pretty heavily tattooed. If you can't tell, it's on my body and everything, too. So... Um, so I'm going to start off with a little bit of a quiz, all right? So why your church needs a safety or medical team. Uh, I got the mission right there uh, to create and provide an atmosphere of comfort, refuge, worship, learning, ministry, and community. And a lot of this first part, what we'll do is a lot of my orientation that I orient new people to, um, to our safety team, all right? So quiz time. From 1999 to just 2020, we kind of stopped track and when the whole Obviously, we know what happened in 2020. I won't go into it, but, uh, you know, a lot of online stuff. So about how many violent attacks do you think were on churches that were actually just recorded or documented? Just blurt, blurt something out. I heard it. 20 years. 70. Yeah, so we're over 2,000. All right. So, and this is all data from a, a place, and, and, and it'll be in this presentation, too, in a training site and stuff that I'll give you. Yeah, 2,000, you just do the math, and that's, if you're just thinking 52 Sundays a year, roughly, I give it, and maybe some Saturday services, you have other stuff and special events, but um, in 2019 alone, how many attacks do you think were on churches? Just that year alone, that would have been the last year. And, and if you actually look at a graph, just to give you a bit of a number, if I did all the years, it actually is going like this on a graph. So it's quite a lot. I'll just put it on there. It was 261 was, was recorded, okay? And then this is kind of the alarming one right here. Is like how many of the attacks do you think were actually stopped by law enforcement or LEO? I heard zero. That's the right answer. Yeah, so, and we'll talk. I mean, some churches have an LEO, law enforcement officer, on site. I, I saw Officer uh, or Sheriff uh, Severance walking around here, a canine guy. Um, if you don't know him, he's been on the job like 50 years, <laughs> the guy walking around here. But um, uh, if you're lucky enough to have one on site, that's great, but chances are they're not going to stop it either. Um, basically, what they're doing is, is what's right there after all those dots. They're just counting bodies, okay? That, that's what law enforcement's doing when they get there. I know how it is coming from first responder field. Um, by the time of call, maybe we're there in five minutes. Or Do we have any first responders in here at all? Okay, good. Any retired? Oh, thank you for your services. Yeah, thank you. I'll hit on that some too. So five main reasons why ch- churches are soft targets. So churches are a soft target, right? Um, one, everyone's backs to the doors, all right? I think we all understand that in an auditorium. We're not, we're not, we're not facing the danger. All right, we don't see it coming in. Everyone's attention is somewhere else, right? We're fixed on the stage, or and nowadays we're fixed on sometimes a phone, a Bible, or whatever. Okay. Some churches have large cash offerings. Uh, I know really at one church, and, and I've instructed my team too, if, if we do have robbery, something like that, give them the money. They probably need it more than we do. A lot of our stuff's given online and, and, and other ways like that or texted out or, or whatever. So just give them the money. But a lot of people think there's large cash offerings there. Uh, vulnerability to people looking for help. So a lot of people, when bad stuff happens at churches, 
you know, they, they think we're nice and kind, which we are, right? Nice, kind, but we're not going to stop anything, right? We're not violent type people or, or, or want to do anything like that, okay? And they assume that violence won't be stopped, which is what I just said. But we can't assume that it won't happen, all right? The basic principles of security, um, again, what I go over with my team. So it's, it's the, the P's, right? The basic P's. We pray, we prepare, we prevent, and we prevail, okay? So, you know, our, our ministry team, which is what I'll call it, you know, may hear me refer to it a lot. We're a ministry team, right? We pray a lot. We prepare with training. We try to prevent stuff that happens, and then something does happen, and we prepare from there, and, uh, and we grow. see what's next all right so what does a church safety medical sorry I, I usually I walk around when I talk but I don't want to walk in front of the screen here but what does a church safety medical team look like all right first and foremost it's a ministry team which I just hit on all right individuals who love to serve the Lord by protecting the flock okay so we're big on the whole sheepdog thing is is kind of how we call ourselves over there right protecting the flock right we're a sheepdog common team members so this is one of the reasons why I asked too about, and it doesn't necessarily mean these these people need to be of, of the security team, whether you guys have one or not yet, but these are key people to hone in on for these teams, right? So you got law enforcement, fire, medical prof uh, professionals, military, uh, people in, into martial arts, wrestling, stuff like that, all right? Um, so we it is a serve team, right? You serve, but with the serve it's a service right so service-minded uh people with that mindset all right make great people um for that i i actively at church look out for these people like you know wearing american flags wearing camo wearing thin red line thin blue stuff and i go up and i introduce them right so i've gotten many people on our our team that way right if i see a fire shirt or or something like that like hey you know just introduce yourself and uh, just, you know, kind of get a vibe and try to recruit them to be on our team, right? All right, so the skills include safety-minded, you're vigilant, willing to act, that's a big one, calm under pressure, huge one, alert, caring, and compassionate. So, so all, all key, key things. And, and when, we, when, we, when I orient my people, you know, the willing to act and calm under pressure is the two big things that, that you know that I preach right so a lot of the people when I see the common team members they they understand this they get this because that's what we do um, it's some of the people that don't I'm not necessarily say they don't have a service mindset but we have to reiterate that and I do tell some people on my safety team like I'm good I know where I'm going I'm, I'm going to heaven right I'll stop a bullet you may, you know it, that's very logical you might have to do something like that run in front of somebody right um, Personally, myself, I don't carry when I'm at church. Uh, you know, I was, I'm, I'm willing to tackle. I played football for a long time, and, and uh, I'll just tackle. And it, worst case scenario, I, I got some jiu-jitsu background and stuff like that, too. So that's common stuff I do. That's, that's last resort, right? And, and I always say the chances of us pulling a gun out in church is pretty, pretty slim, right? So it's uh, the people, some people I just had to let them know that's probably part of what you're signing up for, right? You may have to tackle. Sorry. Um, yeah. Staying calm under pressure. What's just one tip that you, because some people just are naturally, their, their heart rates go. Yeah. What's one way you teach them to just keep that? Breathe real, yeah. big deep breath first, seriously. 
big deep breath, collect your thoughts real quick before you act, right? It's kind of like the whole think before you speak. It's kind of the same thing like that, that too. Just think before you act. Um, but you do, you do need to be fast, though. It's just a split second, really. And, and uh, one of our tactics, too, which I get in here, too, is like verbal judo. So de-escalating with just talking to somebody, right? Um, I got a key term in here later that we'll go to, but um, I'll, I'll actually I'll save it for that just, just to give you a story on that. But that, that's what I would say for that. Um, what are we responsible for as a safety team? All right. Uh, and, and I call it a safety team, right? And, and how we do it at one church, which will be on here, but it's a safety team. I don't, we don't, we don't broadcast it as security, right? We don't, we're not out there like, hey, we have security here, you know, at the church, right? Um, so we call it safety, but within that it's security and it's medical, right? So, um, we're not standing there like, you know, men in black, you know, like in suits and stuff like that, like sticking out like a, we blend in, like we just look like everybody else. Now you can tell the people wearing earpieces and stuff, which I'll get into, but, um, but we're, you know, recognition, preventing, de-escalating, stopping, and then treating, at least would be on the medical side. So JDLR, JDLR, uh, that's a key term. Um, if you, whether you guys have teams or not, or if you're going to start one. So this, this is probably the one big important thing that, that we also tell our people like while we're serving, right? It stands for just doesn't look right. Now, that could be a person. It can be an object. It can be, it can be really anything. Just doesn't look right, all right? So when I started going to one church, I was labeled a JDLR when I walked in there. I don't know if it's a facial. It, it was, right? Look where, I, look, look where I'm at now. Like, they, they just don't know. I don't really think it's stereotyping or, or doing anything like that, but you need to call it out. And I started serving. I was up by Pastor Ford, if you know him, and... Um, I just I, I remember seeing some guy walking back and forth in the church, and he had a hoodie up, and he had a big beard, and he was, he was kind of dressing all black, and he had he was carrying something on his back, and I'm like, dude, we got a JDLR, went through all our our keys and stuff like that, ended up being one of the other pastors that was there, and, and they still don't they they act like it was like the biggest thing in the world, like 911 was called, like the story keeps getting exaggerated, it's kind of funny, but but I was like, I, you know, if something would have happened, I would have felt bad if I didn't say anything, right? So we just look past it. But JDLR, that's a big term. If you guys write anything down, like just doesn't look right to teach your, t teach your teams and stuff. All right. And then within that, if you do do that out, like, hey, it's a person. They're wearing this. They look like this. They're, you know, vice versa. If you can snap a picture discreetly, do that. And forms of communication, which I'll talk about for our team, what we do. So training. Um, so training on lots of different things. Um, security, whether it's like weapons handling. Uh, the verbal judo type stuff, which was courses. I have a training uh, piece and, and a website that I'll show you that we use. Um, that's really good if, if your uh, church is looking to get involved with something or your safety team. Um, medical training. Uh, we train um, whether you're embedded. So our medical team is embedded with our safety, security team, excuse me, underneath safety. But our medical personnel are still trained in basics of security, right? They may not sit in a high priority spot, which I'll go over. They may be in a, a lower, not a hot spot, but they're still trained in everything the way we are. So we, and then vice versa, security. Like I want security people, whether they're medical or not, to know how to put a tourniquet on, do a chest steel, do CPR, do all that stuff. So we, we train, we do CPR training. Uh, I do a lot of the medical training, um, basic first aid, okay. Verbal judo, which is what I talked about, just de-escalating basic conflict resolution, just just knowing how to talk to somebody and get comfortable. I know, uh, get back on the JDLR, our, our team one Sunday was kind of, 
it was like I didn't really think it was anything. I just thought it was a little wastebasket fire, right? But we had a couple of people turn it in into a barn fire, like a grot, like a three alarm fire, right? With this person, they just didn't look right. I'm like, did anyone go shake his hand and say hi? No, all right, I will. So I went over, I ended up baptizing him six months later. Like he's cool, right? Like this, so that's, that's some of it too. You can get a lot, you can get a lot from somebody by shaking their hand and looking them in the eyes um, if they just don't look right. Eliminating a threat, obviously, went over basic life support for our medical care. So hot spots in churches, like, depending on, I don't know how your church is actually set up. This is kind of geared towards kind of one church, but most churches are the same, right? Obviously, the kid entrance. And I know a lot of safety teams, they may just have one personnel. I don't really know how big if you guys have teams or if your starting teams are, but usually a lot of churches just have somebody at kids, per se. Um, but the kid entrance is a big one uh, near the stage, near the pastor, front lobby, front entrance. So other spots, at least basically kind of how we are, back hallway. Um, so I train some of the parking lot people too, right? So they may see something before any of the security team sees anything out in the parking lot. They're really, they're aware of what channel we're on. I'm aware of what channel they're on as well too on the radio. If they don't see something there to flip to our security channel right away, let us know we're already on it, okay? So the parking lot's a, a pretty good place too. And then just other locations in the sanctuary auditorium, which you'll see our, our map how that I, that I designed. And do you have a special duty or an LEO um, like on duty? Sometimes that enough is a deterrent at a church. Well worth the money to pay the however much it is for a special duty guy. You know, if a bad guy walks into a church and sees an officer there, eh, maybe they'll turn around and walk out. Uh, we purposely park, our, our Gehanna police officer, I purposely park him kind of not right at the front entrance, but off the side a little bit, kind of like in a handicap lane or whatever like that. But you can't miss his vehicle when you park on our lot. And there's only one way into the lot. So um, maybe that stops some violent attacks at our church, just simply having a, a, a law enforcement officer car there. All right. So how do you start a safety or medical team? At least this is how we do it. Um, so through your church's serve team or interest request, like I'm sure a lot of your churches have different teams or whatever like that. We just have it built into there. It's safety. Um, we just usually label it safety and medical. Again, not using that security term, but as they progress down here, we basically say, hey, it's security. All right. So we get some basic, basic personal information from them. We run them through a background check. All right. We don't even tell them what we do, like our true everything we do we don't know if it's a, a you know a bad guy just still trying to get through the hoops to see how we are yet okay before we really tell them okay they clear all that stuff so we have some onboarding procedures that we go through they have two shadow sessions is what they do we put them on a leader um, and we try to have them serve with two different leaders all right we basically go over the whole entire team what we do all the positions how we communicate um, the expectations is a good big one, which I do a lot in the orientation about how we serve, what we kind of expect from you, which is which is kind of loose, right? It's a volunteer basis type. It's kind of hard to hold somebody accountable when it's not paid or or something like that. So it's just kind of loose, loosely. Uh, we go over trainings. There's the commitment levels of the different ways you can serve within our team, um, and then we do we do evaluations. So we're constantly evaluating um, with you know how we run our team. Like, oh hey, Joe hasn't served in like three months 
I reach out to him. I may, and, and personally, I don't reach out to it from a, hey, you haven't served much. I, I usually reach out, hey, man, is everything okay? And start going that route. I, I just haven't seen you, you know. And then um, we still evaluate, do like a yearly thing with the team members and stuff like that and, and see, where they're, see where they're at, if they want to serve more, serve less, or, or vice versa. And then requirements. So requirements right there is in red. It's like, what are you going to require to be on your team, right? Um, I, I know at least on the medical side, it's like, is it just basic first aid, step above that, vice versa? Like, what are you going to be up, do as a safety team or, or, or medical? Same, same with just, like, the security side. Are you going to require people to carry? Like, I know there's some churches that you have to be a CCW holder um, to even be on the team, um, which, you know, I got my thoughts on that, but... Um, so just the different requirements, right? And, and requirements can even be as far as like how much you're going to serve. Like, hey, we want you to commit to this, and if you're not, then you know maybe maybe they don't serve. Right? Maybe a different team will walk them down a different path to serve on a different team, right? So one church. So this is how this is probably the <clears throat> meats and the potatoes, at least as far as how we set up our team. Again, it's made up of security and medical. So how I have it is three squads so we have three squads that serve every third sunday and i keep that kind of it's easy for me because of my schedule with what i do as a fireman um i work 24 hours on 48 off so every third day i work so every third like every third sunday i work or whatever so it's just easier to pair it up and i do have a lot of firemen on my team so it's easier with their work schedules so that's how i do it. so what they do is they serve we we now we just switch but we have three sunday morning services and then we have an evening service which is off to the side but um, they serve all three services, okay? And we rotate them around in a bunch of the different positions and stuff. So really they don't, instead of, and I, I try to try to tell them when I'm worried, and, and like, you're not going to be serving a ton. That sounds like a lot. It is a big chunk, you know, maybe five hours on a Sunday, but it's every third Sunday instead of coming here and serving one or two services every single Sunday, right? You actually serve less by doing this. Once I kind of explain that to them, they're kind of, they, you know, yeah, I'd rather be on a squad, right? It's just easy. I can plan stuff. And then I can trade with people if I need a weekend off or whatever. Just, it just makes it really, really easy. And I have guaranteed people that are serving. Like, I know they're going to be there instead of just sign up. We do have people that do sign ups, which is probably right here. So secondary would be people just sign up. They're like, yeah, I'll, I have some people that just serve first service every single Sunday. They're there. I can count on them. Or the sun, uh, our, Saturday, our Sunday evening service now, which used to be Saturday, that's just a dedicated group. They're there every single Sunday evening, right? So we have signed up people as well, just as their schedule allows. So I just went over that. So we do have a medical team leader. Um, along with the, uh, the three squads, we have a squad one, two, and three leader, right? And then we have a medical team, like I said, it kind of branched off. We have a medical team leader. There's the squad leaders. So communication tools. So obviously we have radios, right, and we have earpieces, and it's just like anything else. It's super hard to hear anything on there, especially with worship and, and some things like that. Our, our key things are, at least on the radio, if you're going to put something on the radio, we try to do the phone function too right after, if you have time. But on the radio, if we actually truly have, say, there's an emergency in kids, like I need medical in kids, it's like broadcast that three times, like, I need medical and kids, medical and kids, medical and kids, right? Because usually the first time you're like, I had heard something, but you missed it. Second time, now you're keyed in a little bit more, and then you're really keyed in by the third time you have it. Urgent, urgent, urgent. Do something on the radio three times, right? So we get that. 
Um, we use a phone app. Uh, the app we use is called GroupMe, if anyone's familiar with it. It's called GroupMe. Um, and I have a bunch of different, like, I don't know, threads. I guess, you know, squad 1 has a thread, Squad 2 has a thread, and 3. And then just an all-encompassed safety team. Medical has one. Um, and really those serve as, on the day, the communication route, right? So we talk back and forth on that. Um, everyone's just got their phone in their hands too and, and we're paying attention to that but then throughout the week right check it leader like I expect my leaders to check in on people um, just a bunch of random stuff like a lot of goofiness happens on there obviously like anything else but uh, and, and group me's uh, not near as like in your face as like a group text I don't know if anyone's not into group text I'm not the biggest group text guy because it seems like one person likes to <laughs> carry it on forever but um, and it goes off a lot but this isn't like as in your face right and you can mute it and, and stuff like that and and what I do is like say tomorrow's a, I believe is a squad one day like for us at church so like when people sign up I expect the, the leader will go in there and add people to their group as they're serving right they'll see who's serving they'll put them in there if like say Joe's not serving this week as a sign up but he was last week they'll take him out so he's not getting alerts at eight o'clock in the morning when he's not even at church yet. So uh, that's called GroupMe. It's a free app on the App Store on all phones. So we have different assignments and rotations, monthly trainings, and we have leaders meetings. We usually go, we try to go about every other month. Usually the summer months get kind of crazy with vacations and stuff like that. And then we try to have some fun trainings too and get togethers. We try to get together somewhere, like not at the church if, if we don't have to, but you know, we, we do laser tag a lot. It's kind of safety. It's kind of fun, like shooting laser tag guns and paintball and stuff like that. Get a little bit of actual hands-on training as well that way. So SOPs, um, so Standard Operating Procedures and Forms, which we developed. So it's just kind of like a basic guideline of how our team runs, that everybody gets that. And then we have form, like incident forms, um, if, if anything happens, um, you know, whether it's medical or, uh, you know, security related that we need documentation on. You know, a lot of, a lot of times people, you know, unfortunately churches have money, they want to, you know, try to, you know, sue, you know, nowadays in the world so that's just forms kind of just to cover us and, and for documentation um, so actually the our church is actually pretty similar setup as this first time I've been here um, big big box is the sanctuary right all the yellow all the yellows are the positions we have on a daily basis um, we generally have eight people serving and a leader it's pretty pretty set at that. So we get we call in and out. So four we'll have four in and four out. Um, you see the stage there. If I do the clicker, I just did something wrong. All right. Anyway, you see the stage there. So our pastor actually sits right here. So this is our the front left is our key position. I try we try to always put a CCW guy there if we can that we know that's carrying. That's our highest alert position. I usually try to put the most well-rounded person I can there all right I'm not gonna put a brand new person there um, and anyone that doesn't feel comfortable being there right by the pastor okay and then we have a back left we have a back right and in the front right there I kind of position the boxes that way because that's how we sit right the stages over here I sit like this so I can see everything right I'm not I'm not sitting here like this because I can't see anything in the back and the same same with the back position so our, our eyes are always focused we're always scanning um, 
the crowd. Let's see here. Um, another big thing, like when we pray, like our heads are up the whole time. As security, we're always on alert, right? Everyone's heads are down. That's a big time when something could happen. Um, again, one of the reasons why it's a soft target. Uh, we have a pretty big back hallway. We usually have two back hallway positions. Um, and our, our pastor always comes in here in this left entrance. So he, he actually comes out of a door in the back hallway and kind of comes this way. We always have a person there. He's got people with him too. Um, sometimes we have a security person embedded with him. Um, sometimes I'm on him. It just, it just depends. But uh, So back hallway, um, I actually personally, a lot of people on my team are like, oh man, I'm in prison for this, this one. Like They think the back hallway is like super boring. What I, what I tell them this is, we have a bunch of classrooms back here. There's a school in there too and stuff like that. I'm like, you got to think like the bad guy. If I was a bad guy walking in the church, I'm not going through the front doors. I'm going to go in one of those back classrooms, bust a window out, do whatever, come through that way. The back hallway is a very big position, not to mention you get wanders around, wanders around the church. Like We don't really let people back there. Um, but it's a big position, actually. You know, a lot of people just think it's boring, like, you know just sit there and stare at my phone the whole time, you know, but it is, it is big. Obviously the kids position, I try to put somebody kind of like that front left position there as well. That's a big one. Most of our incidents are in the kids, kids spot, you know, whether it's like kind of like domestic type stuff or, you know, child custody type stuff. We get, seem to get a lot of that um, and stuff going on there. Uh, front lobby, uh, I try to put our LEO, I uh, put him in green there. He's usually in the front lobby and he, he'll kind of, He'll kind of roam the whole lobby. It's all open, um, but he'll go down towards the kids' area as well, too. Um, you see, like these side, uh, probably some of your churches are like this, too. These doors are always locked. Like, you can't get to them from the outside. You can get out. You just can't get in. Fire code, stuff like that. Um, the, the only way into the auditorium is there where it says entrance in the back. So that's kind of how we set ours up. Every once in a while, we'll have a fifth person in the auditorium. It's a back middle. Um, a lot of times, our leader will be right there because um, he's kind of quick in and out wherever he needs to get. Um, our leader usually roams, right? So it, it always happens. Somebody needs a drink. Somebody needs to go to the bathroom, and they're, they're in a position or whatever like that. Sometimes they'll just they'll go swap out, go, go to the bathroom. The leader will sit there for a minute, and they'll swap out. So that's kind of how, that's kind of the setup, how we run our team. Um, we Give or take, sometimes we have even more. Like I know Easter weekend coming up, we'll probably have probably at least 12 serving. You know, we get obviously pretty crowded on Christmas and, and Easter. So I'm not going to read this word for word, but I do read it to our people coming on. It's just, it's a pretty cool thing with the sheepdogs creed. Um, just pretty cool. It's, it's kind of cool getting called a sheepdog. I, I don't know. I like that mindset or that mentality of looking over the flock pretty much what it's saying, just taking care of the church and, and, and God's people. I put some verses on here that I read in scriptures to our team. I actually make them read them too and we pass around. It's, it's really safety type focused um, with these verses. If you, you want to write them down, I'll, I'll keep them up here for a second or take a picture or whatever and just kind of read those. But um, again, I embed those with our, with our team. They're kind of like our verses that we go to. Um, but again, and I know Jeff mentioned it too, I, um, the most important thing which I have here that you can start with to protect your church and your community is basically to have a plan. All right, you need to have some like you need to be proactive instead of reactive. So have some type of plan in place, and obviously always being evaluating that plan. So um, not not every church is the same. Not you know, there's some are small, some are big. Um, so it's just dependent on you know and, and who you can get to be on your team. 
but you need to have a plan. This is my little mustache spiel. This is my line from my mustache company and wax company. But anyway, it's the part of the part that I'm a, uh, a part of stash salt. Anyway, it's just it's founded on Matthew 5:13. You know, you're the salt of the earth, light of the world. We always say, stay salty, my friends. Some people think that means something else. I'm like, nah, just spreading the salt. That's what we do, right? So the company's big on faith, family, and freedom. That's what we stand for. So um, anyway, just a little plug there. So there's some con my contact information, the church. There's that training resource. I would definitely, definitely at least snap a picture, write that down. So it's called Stratagos. We do a lot of training through them. They got online training. They'll, they'll do in-person training like weapons, firearms, and handling uh, tactics classes. Here, I'll get out of the way. Um, awesome people there. Uh, one, of the, one of the main guys that uh, teaches, his name is Jeremy Allen. He is a uh, SWAT officer for Ohio State Police. He teaches a lot of the weapon handling classes, which is cool. And, and we actually, there's an online component of about, it's about two and a half hours of videos, but they're really awesome that they do, that we make our safety team watch before we do it. Basically, describes way better than I can, probably what a safety team is and, and does. It's really awesome, the speaker, and it's broken down. It's kind of like YouTube videos, and you can pause them and come back to them. Um, but they have those on there. Just check that site out. It, it's, it's pretty cool, um, all the stuff they do. I think that was it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can go. Sorry. So while, while you're writing yeah, down, scriptures. Who, who heard the first P? There were five P's, right? Five P's. Yeah. Who remembers the first P? Praying? Right. So who's praying for the church security? Who's praying? <laughs> right? If you're not praying, you need to have a team that's praying, right? And have mm -hmm. that plan. So I think have a plan and pray keep those p's in mind but yeah 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 for sure that, that the biggest thing is to have a plan right so I, I think it's not hard to start a team um the way my mindset is too it's it, it's kind of hard you know because i'm just so two feet in all the times and, and and having people committed is a big thing and dedication to the team you know, sometimes people fall off from the team, and, and again, it's just checking in with them, and and, and and really kind of the stance we take sometimes too. If it, this isn't the team for you, we want to help you get on a serve team if you want to serve, right? But but I can't emphasize enough. You don't have to be like say the first responder type mindset, military stuff like that to be on a team. But those guys, those and, and, and gals, are key on that team because they have that kind of like service type mindset, right? And, and everything so it's just part of what part of what we do what they do right so they're they're keys to to a team um i think Any that's really it uh, questions for sean before we hop into some cyber security anybody yeah oh so we seat um i know it's over three thousand members uh, we seat like almost 800 in the auditorium so and it's it's constantly back and forth. We're still seeing some stuff from obviously 2020 up and down, but it seems to be getting more and more to where I, I know I know the church is growing a lot too. When they're like, hey, if you're serving, you need to park like across the street, and we'll we'll shuttle you over because the parking, <laughs> and they they keep expanding the parking lot and stuff. So it's it's fairly large. I do have a question in response to that. So if I'm a small rural church mm -hmm. of this presentation, what's that first thing that I start with? If I can only get one guy, or it's just me, or you know. What's that start to the plan? Start to the plan. Well, so 
the the biggest thing would be your hot spot, right? So you need to have like I would assume kids like he would need to be there. But then it's recruitment and stuff like that is trying to grow the team. So you got to start off small, plant a seed, right? Water it, hope, hopefully it grows. Yeah. A big church in local places or a small church, if you control the access or have understanding of that access, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly right. Yep, yep. And it, and and there's still, whether it's just like one person that's just there constantly doing like with that safety mindset, the security. It's not technically a team per se, but have an individual there. I mean, I everyone see the church sitting in Texas a couple years ago, like that's a small church. Right, I mean, it can happen anywhere, right? They had a plan in place, though. They had a team, right? Obviously, that, I mean, that was pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, you're exactly right with the access. Yep. Do you lock your doors at a certain time? So once we're, you talking about the auditorium doors? Yeah. You can still get in and out, like from the from the back, from the back. Well, actually, you you can always get out, right? There's fire code. You got it. You got to you better get out. But the side entrances. You can't get back in. It's all everything's filtered through the back there. They don't lock ever. The doors do shut shut once the worship's over, right? I'm sorry. The entrance. Those don't lock. No. Right. I would say that's probably the good option. That second one that you just said, have somebody out there. I, you heard me talk about the parking lot team. I'm always on them. Like, hey, who's your leader today? And they swap, so they swip out a lot. Like, they don't. Somebody doesn't just do parking, all the services. But I'm constantly with the parking lot team because they're going to see something before we do. So if you had somebody outside with the doors locked, you're going to see something before anyone else does inside. That that would probably be my option. Mm-hmm. I know there's a law that if the pastor knows about it, it, it gets real legal. If the pastor knows that someone member is carrying, but then if someone comes in, it's a misdemeanor, but that's only if they're there to do harm. Mm-hmm. Right. How do we do that? So on your team? With CC, so what we do is we re- we require them to give us a copy of their CCW and to keep it keep it up to date. And we have that. Like we actually, there was somebody just recently. I said, hey, you know, just just to make sure. And we re- they actually shoot like once a year. Like I don't really know the all the in depth of the CCW stuff, but we they do shoot once a year, and we make sure that that stays updated. So we keep those on file. Um, and and same, a lot of our members too. Like they're kind of a lot a lot of people that carry. Seems like they, they're honest, good people, right? And they come in and they actually provide the church with the CCW. We have a bunch of just members that are there. Like they just want to know, hey, I'm a CCW holder in case something happens. You know, I have I have it on me. But we we keep that on file, for sure. And it, and it would come back too if you have an incident report, like say something happened. Like it just helps you, you know, with the case and, and everything like that. So. I was just going to add color to that. 
certified uh, instructor for the Ohio Concealed Carry. Mm -hmm. and certified range safety. Oh, okay. And nice. So security team leader at our church. I've okay. Several plans over the years for other churches in our, our church camp. This is a really, really gray area. Um, this is part of my presentation. So because you asked the question, I'll say it. Every Sunday in every church, in every town, in every state, across the country, there are well-intentioned people committing a felony by coming to church with a, a concealed carry firearm. And that problem only got worse last June when Ohio passed uh, yeah. the permitless concealed carry, which I am not a fan of. Because now you have thousands and thousands of people that would otherwise be inclined to get the required training not going to save the yeah. So they're not aware that churches are what? They are no carry zones. It is against the law to carry a firearm in a church unless you have written permission from the board of right. Chiefs, the board of elders, or the pastor on file, and you have a copy of that letter on your parcel. Okay. So if someone who's well-intentioned has an event in a church, well-intentioned, their life just trained, changed immeasurably because they will go to jail. There's one group of people in the world that are better at their jobs than anybody and that's prosecuting attorneys, and that person will go to jail for carrying right. a firearm in church and using it, no matter how well-intentioned they were. So that needs to be a very critical part of yeah. the plan. It has to be on file in the office. And written. Yeah, we've written. Yeah. Deacons, board of elders, pastor, the church needs to have coffee, okay. and the person needs to carry a copy. Now, if, that, if, if they do that, if that's... What does that do to this church insurance liability? That's all. I'll give you my card. I'm happy to help you offline in the interest of yeah. time. But it's a very, 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 very. You guys are intending to carry in church. Take a course. Take a course. Yep. So legal liability. Oh, yeah. Is there any other? Somebody was just asking me about that about them the other day, like a train academy. We we were looking at that, and then just our ties with Strategos and, and Jeremy Allen, we just were kind of went with him. Um, but I am somewhat familiar with, with that. I asked because we've been looking at it too. Yeah, but and, and we I we've taken like some of their stuff. Actually, I think that creep came off of their. I think it came from them. Is where we got that's, that. That's kind of what I thought. But yeah, we've been looking at it. I'm just kidding. Yeah, sure. Can I ask my question? Mm -hmm. How do you deal with well-intentioned people that continue to carry in churches? Well, you know, a lot of times we just don't see it. Like, we don't even know that. Like, you already hit the head. There's tons of people that come in there, right? And, and they, we just we just don't see it. Like, um, So you haven't considered making an announcement as a church? To my to to no, we've never done that. To my not to my knowledge, nope, we we've never done that. Um, there there's been a couple incidents where we have seen you know people like flash it. We've seen it on them. That's a quick we're on you and go talk to them like you know. And then that to me is a recruit. Hey, we have a safety team. So that's usually where my head goes. I know some of our other um, leaders and 
and stuff like that too would go down that line with you know the, the whole get their CCW and all that stuff. And, and I know that those conversations happen, but we, I just we just don't see it a lot. Okay. Yeah, just Thank they're you. really concealed. Yeah, it's nice to know that you keeping the halls, you know, somewhat secure because of the areas that, you know, people don't go. But uh, we had a situation some years ago at the church. Um, we were in the middle of a worship service, and uh, the pastor's wife says, uh, I smell food, you know. They thought we didn't, we didn't schedule anything in the kitchen. Well, here someone had come off the streets, and they went into the kitchen. Here they were frying up eggs and bacon. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's just like you go down there and there is easy eating, man, you know. But, you know, you just don't yeah. know because we felt it was an area that was just, you know, not compromised. But then it was. So since then, we just decided to lock that area and make sure that we routed people yeah. into another doorway. Yeah. It's just things that just happen, you know. Yeah. Again, critical to have that plan in mind yeah. and constantly be ready to update that plan. Bacon, put it right in there. Yeah. Something I'll get in on real quick before Jeff gets to his, but... Our security leaders, you know, start of the day for for service. You know, we, we want them to get there a little bit early, right? Um, perimeter check for the church. Check I check windows, check doors, all that stuff. Because you know, some of the people at the church they prop doors and, and all that stuff. It's checking all those doors. Hey, safety checks done. You know, but it's like that. If I'm a bad guy, I'm not going in the main entrance, right? I'm going in somewhere else where I can get in, right? Because the intent is to do harm, right? So I don't want to get stopped right away, you know. So like go through the kitchen kitchen door or something like that. But checking all your doors and stuff, perimeter search is a big thing for leaders. Um, and just in, in relation to the board granting approval for people to carry, is that something, I mean, anywhere from just rubber stamping everybody who asks to properly get back, so really just the security is people carrying Where do you think that should really fall? It's a very personal decision. Yeah, I think that goes on, yeah, personal decisions and rights and stuff at that point. Well, I think the statement in the law is unless granted permission. So there's room for ambiguity. Yeah. Um, so it's a very personal church decision. You know. And in church leadership, we all know the one guy you probably don't want on the board is the guy that keeps petitioning, hey, can I be on the board? Hey, can I be on the board? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Did everybody get uh, Sean's um, for further questions, because I'm going to hop. Just one. Yeah, the, go ahead. When the church grants permission, should there be a time frame on how long that permission is good for? Um, I, yeah, I think you need to do constant. Because, well, we had that several years ago. We have a different pastor now and stuff. But, uh, yeah, we were doing the permission slips for allowing people, and there was no expiration date on it at all. So now a lot of those people are gone. So you know, so, you know, you don't know if you end up with them back in with intending to do something bad, but they've got permission to carry in the church. I think it's just something you need to update, like an evaluation yearly or something. Like reach out to those people. Or I was wondering if it's yeah, hey, you're still carrying when you're here. A renewal date yeah, on those I would. permission slips. I would. I would do a yearly one. Yep. On the background check, should we? How often do you do that? Do you update it? Do you have to fill a new one out? How often? Ours is set like every two years. Every two years. Yeah. Okay. 
But I mean, you can do it sooner. We just have ours every two years. Okay. Yeah, we really have to put it, and we get alerts like we we use a schedule a scheduling program. Uh, the whole church runs under and stuff like that, and it just alerts us. Like it won't let me schedule people, or it'll give put like some kind of caution symbol or something on it. Hey, they're due for a background check, and it's pretty quick. Okay. So. Yeah. Will you be around for? Yeah, I can be around for questions and stuff too. Yeah. So check in with yeah. Sean. Uh, grab his information if you didn't already. We're gonna hop over to cybersecurity. So. Thanks, Sean, for, Thank you. Thank yeah. So, have a plan, pray. I'm gonna say the same thing for cybersecurity, right? Um, if you guys keep any form of um, information of your churchgoers on site or in the cloud and you don't have a plan for what that information's doing, who's accessing that information, that's important. So, also praying about that information, right? You're entrusted with the people. You're also entrusted with that information. So top five ways, he had the top five ways for physical security. These are the top five ways to secure your network. Uh, so secure passwords, we all know this. They keep getting more and more secure. Um, the number one thing to remember is um, the longer the better, but it could be a, uh, a phrase you use. Maybe something you say to your wife every morning, you know. Um, something that's a long phrase that's easy to remember. It doesn't have to be one of those complicated zeros and dollar signs and all that. Just make it long, put an exclamation on the end. It's really that length that is. So anything, as long as you can get it, really, on those passwords. If you can't remember that long password, use a password keeper. I mentioned LastPass and Keeper. Those are two uh, secure ones. Um, but there are multiple things online. Make sure to do a little research beforehand to get a legitimate uh, password keeper. And that will help you remember those passwords and put those into those websites uh, without you having to remember those. Um, Multi-factor. Most of us have been doing this with our banks for a long time, why not at our churches, right? If you're accessing your email, do you have to put in a code to get to that email every 60 days, every 30 days? So ask your, if you don't have an IT person, we're gonna go over that as well, having outside support, um, but make sure that that multi-factor authentication is on so they have, that, have to have that second step to get into that account. Otherwise, you're gonna have your whole congregation getting emails from your pastor saying, send me some money, right? Uh, security updates and software. This is pretty, I mean, I know there are a lot of updates a lot of times. Pretty much every one of those is going to be a security update. So next chance you get, if that server or that computer needs an update, go ahead and do that. Uh, so sending information. Who here is still scanning a security card or asking for a security card and you get that via email? We don't want to do that, right? <laughs> Um, or sending information via email unsecurely um, back and forth. Um, you want to find a secure method to send that email. Again, that two-factor authentication, get it on a, in the cloud somewhere that's protected, and then have them go and access that information. Upload it somewhere to access it rather than emailing it back and forth. Um, and then, as I mentioned, do you have somebody monitoring your network? If you have a larger network, say you're a 3,000-person church, do you have somebody monitoring from the outside? Um, once a year, you could have somebody try to hack into your network. You can pay somebody 100 bucks. Hey, can you hack into our network? Um, and, and then you have some evaluation from that, um, right? It's called a penetration test. So if you Google penetration test for churches, they'll you know, come in, typically give you a, a discount and do some security work for you. Um, we at the Ohio Ministry Network, so it's 
it's just me on the team right now. So we're building a team, but this is a new process. So I obviously have to have an external source. That external source is someone that watches my network on a frequent basis. It gives me best practices. They help me with these processes. Uh, Braden is here. So Pastor Braden is on Radiant Life Church here in Dublin, North Columbus. They just signed on board with that same company. So if you guys are interested, you can talk to me and we've been, we're able to work out a discount on those services. So refer you to that and then they can watch your network and that's at a very reasonable price. Um, so we'll, we'll get into that here in just a little bit, um, some details. Um, and then the last thing I'll mention is uh, cybersecurity insurance for your church. It's not very expensive. Talk to Brotherhood Mutual, talk to whoever your insurance agent is and say, I want cybersecurity insurance to keep track of that information and help if something happens. Um, and that, there's their average cost there. So I know in some of your budgets that's probably fairly high, um, but if you think about what the cost would be if something happened, that pastor's email gets out there, gets hacked and starts you know, wreaking havoc, getting that information, sending inf uh, you know, money here and there, um, it can add up. So um, Verizon does a study every year, so they said 82% of breaches had to do with passwords. So again, back to that passwords keep track of those passwords. Um, I just put up a Brotherhood Mutual, so this is straight from their website. So any of your insurance companies will have cybersecurity insurance available. Um, and then again, authentication. Cybersecurity insurance is starting to require two-factor authentication. So if you say, hey, cover us if we're, they say, are you covered with that two-factor? Um, this is just an example of pricing, right? So this is someone on the outside of my network watching everything, giving me help desk support, any IT services I need. The only thing that, say, a $95 a month plan doesn't cover is backup, right? So if you don't have any information on site that you need them to backup, they cover everything else, cybersecurity and everything. Um, so I'm going to move on to, so once you're kind of, you have that two-factor down and you're kind of reading your emails, these are the things to watch out for. A huge thing to watch out for is social engineering. You might have heard social engineering. So you get that email that says, I'm a prince from India and I need money. You delete it, right? You don't care about that. But what if somebody calls your church and says, hey, do you guys have, do you guys use copiers at the church? Because I was kind of wanting to, and they kind of, they start having a conversation with you. And they get, and then they learn who the office manager is. And then they call back in maybe a month later and they say, hey, is Judy there? Because I was hoping to, you know, she said she was wanting to work out some copier information and we want to give you guys a deal. They work on down the line and they end up getting up, like getting into your network in some capacity. And then they stay there for maybe six months. They don't do anything because they don't want you to be alerted. And then in six months, they start their, you know, what they want to do. So you want, you want that social engineering piece. Make sure that people are aware. Don't, don't talk to someone if you're not, you know, especially technology-wise, copiers, printers are a big thing that they'll call and ask for. So don't assume every email is legitimate. We've gotten pretty good at this, I think. But make sure everybody on your staff is that same way. They, they're constant, at OMN, people are constantly saying, hey, I got this email, is it legitimate? And I'm like, thank you so much for being at that, you know, to, to come and ask. But make sure it's legitimate. Don't reply to unexpected emails. If somebody says, hey, I needed this information, don't reply right away. Because they're looking for that reply 
to start that conversation. Take a stop, step back, maybe text that person. Hey, did you email me? No, I didn't email you, and then you can delete that email. Um, unexpected attachments is a big thing. That's going to um, bring in viruses. Uh, unconfirmed links, right? That link doesn't look quite right. It's probably not right. <laughs> don't click on that link. Um, and then obviously, don't reply with personal information, right? Never email personal information. Most of the system these days are going to warn you before you hit send, which is a great thing. Some don't, so just pay attention to that. Don't hit send if there's any personal information. So what you can do, um, so compare, hey, does this contact, do I know Bob Smith, and is it Bob Smith at, you know, onechurch.org or whatever? Um, kind of compare those to known contacts. Um, a lot of uh, cybersecurity uh, news articles coming in, right, of um, recently, a lot of attacks on local government. Right, so Hilliard, Ohio, West Columbus just had an issue with this where an accountant deep in the finance organization got an email, changed the bank account, they transferred thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars out of their account, right? So make sure you have policies and procedures and plans. Just like on the physical security, you have a plan for cybersecurity. Hey, if you get a request for a transfer of money or a change in an account, you have to talk to the pastor and the board right, and get that signature, or whoever that person, whatever that plan is, just make sure that's followed. Um, examine file names. If it's um, dot something you've never seen before, don't open that attachment. <laughs> um, uh, caution messages, a lot of new systems will caution you. Um, examine those links, um, right, are they going to the where you expect? Um, and then carefully look for those red flags. Are things capitalized where they shouldn't be? Do they have a greeting you wouldn't expect from Bob? Right, things like that. Um, and then test your staff. So if you go to nobefore.com, you can just Google nobefore with a number four. I sent out a test to the Ohio Ministry Network, all of the staff, and it sends them a fake email. Right, and when they click on that link, it says, oop, you, you require training, right? <laughs> One person clicked on that email, and it's the only person that wasn't at my training the month before. And you test every so often and see. The, like, the average, I believe, before you do a, a scenario like this on a staff is pretty high, right? It's a, at least 25 to 50% of those people are going to click. After you do a, a, like a training you know, a short training, you do 15 minute training, what to look out for, goes down to 4% average. So it's a, a, this is a big thing, testing um, or training, have a plan. So do you know where your information is? Is it on a server at your church? Is it in the cloud? Is it in Microsoft? Is it in Google? Is it here? List that out. Where is my information? Do I have a plan? with that information? And do I have a plan for cybersecurity to secure that information? Do you have external help? Do you have a volunteer in your church? Are you good with IT? If not, check with a Cortavo, that company that I mentioned earlier. Check with some external services locally. I know one church, there's a local, local IT vendor that does this that's working with one church right now. So you can, I can send out that information as well if you want that. Um, but those, those folks are great to have. Um, Obviously, once your budget allows, having somebody that eyes on it all the time is always, always a good thing. Um, what are you doing to secure your church members' information? 
And really the bottom line is have a plan. So pray about security and on all fronts um, and you'll be good. Any questions on the cybersecurity side of things? So little, I'll just tell you, at Ohio Ministry Network, there wasn't someone full-time with eyes on it. Before I got in, I was in your same situation. Not quite as bad because we did have some, here and there we had people kind of taking care of things. But um, it's really stopping and starting a plan. So going to every single person that might need to access that data and, and document it. Document. Once you have it documented, then start one by one. Okay, how do we secure this, or how do we move it to where it needs to be? So, uh, as an example, Ohio Ministry Network, we've gone 100% to Microsoft Teams. You might have interacted with some of our team members in that fashion. All of our files went to Microsoft Teams, and then all of our communication went to Teams. So that way, if that team member goes rogue, or finds a different job in another church, that information is still in the same spot it was. You bring that new person in and they're up and running, right? So it's really just systematically okay. yeah, documenting that, so. Since you mentioned it, because we're, we're going through this now, starting to centralize. I don't know, I'm assuming you know, but Microsoft offers exchange for free mm -hmm. to churches. I did a session, yeah. So I did, I did a whole session of Synergy last year on this. Yeah, I wasn't here. Um, right, so uh, free for the first 10 users. Everything Microsoft has to offer. Right, their top level business premium package is 10, uh, 10 users for free and $3 a month after that. You can even, if you have phone systems at the church and you want to go mobile and use Teams for voice services, you can even integrate your voice services for $3 a month extra into Teams and start using that as well. But that's, that's an excellent thing to know for churches. If you're paying for Microsoft, if you're paying for Google, both of those services are free. Google's 100% free for as many employees as you want. Um, and OMN is also in the Google world as well because we like to, you know, but best of both worlds so we can interact with you guys on a daily basis. So, well, thanks for coming. Appreciate it. Uh, grab our information. Um, shoot Sean a message if you have any extra questions. And thanks for coming.